Well, it was one of those mornings. I was searching desperately for my flag and I thought it was in a box behind another box, but no, it is missing. So I couldn't come and wave my Union Jack to you that I purchased 10 years ago for a previous Jubilee. But we come at this weekend, this uh, amazing weekend, this historic weekend for our nation to, to remember the work of our Queen and those 70 years. This great platinum jubilee. I don't know what um, platinum object she has been given, but an amazing work and life of service, touching millions of lives. How many of you have seen the Queen in person? Quite a few, I should think. I think there's a third of the population who feel in some way they've met the Queen, seen her in some uh, walkabout or wherever. How many of you have seen the Queen on television? <laughs> Quite a few of you. Quite a few of you. She keeps on turning up. And even with Paddington, I thought that was a wonderful touch at the concert last night. The two iconic figures in British um, culture, Bond at the Olympics, James Bond with all his um, courage but also his brokenness, and dear Paddington, this uh, immigrant bear from darkest Peru who touches the hearts of all he, he meets. And the Queen has met them both. I don't think the corgis were there this time, but um, now we know what's in her handbag. So we celebrate this jubilee. And I sort of titled this part in Held in Prayer. The Junior Church have been working on their prayer tree, and I hope you'll, those who are here in church and those who are watching, maybe come to church sometime, see the prayer tree that Junior Church has constructed with all our prayers, and we can add to those prayers in the days to come. And they've added a few, um, I think there's a squirrel and maybe a blue tit, and, uh, or there's a caterpillar, isn't there, that, uh, that was added. And that sense of being held in prayer. And the Queen is held in prayer. Uh, the, the Church of England is obliged to pray week by week for the Queen. And perhaps we don't name her quite so often in the free churches. But she is in our prayers week by week, year by year. And the... United Reformed Church General Assembly will, as usual, send a letter of loyal address to, to the Queen when it meets soon. She wants to be held in prayer. She has that Christian faith that sustains her and guides her and keeps her going the right way, despite all the challenges. We heard about the challenges of um, putting up with all her different prime ministers down the, down the years. But back in 1953, she said this. Following her coronation, in the evening she made a broadcast 
reflecting on the events of the day, thanking the public for their support and promising to serve the nation. I won't uh, give her accent at that time. She's, I'm told she's become less posh over the years, uh, and I think that's true. She's adapted, as we have to. When I spoke to you last at Christmas, I asked you all, whatever your religion, to pray for me on the day of my coronation, to pray that God would give me wisdom and strength to carry out the promises that I should then be making. Throughout this memorable day, I have been uplifted and sustained by the knowledge that your thoughts and prayers were with me. I've been aware all the time that my people spread far and wide throughout every continent and ocean in the world were united to support me in the task to which I have now been dedicated which, with such solemnity. Old-fashioned words, but what an inspira inspiration that she felt uplifted and sustained by that knowledge of the thoughts and prayers of her people scattered across the world. And we are held in prayer too. And we are challenged to hold each other in prayer, that we may be uplifted and sustained through the knowledge of those praying for us. And there are many ways in which the church here uh, sustains people in prayer. The two prayer chains at End and at Trinity the prayer table and the prayer requests, the chain of prayer that we, we created a, a few weeks ago as we prayed and continued to pray for the suffering people of Ukraine. Held in prayer. Let's do that week by week, day by day. We focused on one person, but now we move our minds outwards to the whole community. God's love and mercy is not restricted to one or two people. It is open and universal. And so we hear now the story of how the Holy Spirit came on the first disciples as they gathered in Jerusalem. The Spirit that sent them out in praise and power. And John is going to begin the story. And then we'll pray the, uh, through the song, the chorus, Spirit of the Living God, and we'll remain sitting as we pray that song. But let's listen for God's word now. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. The coming of the Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Suddenly, there was a noise from the sky, which sounded like a strong wind blowing, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then, they saw what looked like tongues of fire, 
which spread out and touched each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, religious people who had come from every country in the world. And they heard this noise. A large crowd gathered. They were all excited because each one of them heard the believers speaking in his or her own language. In amazement and wonder, they exclaimed, these people here who are talking like this are Galileans. How is it then that all of us hear them speaking in our own native languages? We are from Parthia, Media and Elam, from Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, from Pontus and Asia, from Phrygia and Pamphylia, from Egypt and the regions of Libya near Cyrene. Some of us are from Rome, both Jews and Gentiles converted to Judaism, and some of us are from Crete and Arabia. Yet all of us hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things that God has done. Amazed and confused, they kept asking each other, what does this mean? But others made fun of the believers, saying, these people are drunk. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continue the story as Peter stands up and explains what's going on. Peter's message. Then Peter stood up with the 11, other eleven apostles and in a loud voice began to speak to the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you that live in Jerusalem, listen to me and let me tell you what this means. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Instead, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. This is what I will do in the last days, God says. I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will proclaim my message. 
Your young men will see visions. Your old men will have dreams. Yes, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in, the, in those days, and they will proclaim my message. I will perform miracles in the sky above and wonders on the earth below. There will be blood, fire and thick smoke. The sun will be darkened and the moon will turn red as blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And then whoever calls out to the Lord for help will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> 